0: But within the first 10 minutes, you're saying you're the nurses are saying you're either going home or you're getting admitted. And they're basing their initial treatments off of before the doctors probably even seen them half the time. They already say you're going home or you're getting admitted. And they're working off that. And they have a green bed upstairs. They're going upstairs in 15, 20 minutes. And if transport's not here, you're taking them up. And sometimes it's with or without report, you know, so it's like, we don't make those decisions. It's all kind of handed down to us. And I think that's where a lot of the disagreements come from upstairs and downstairs as well.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Nurse Tori Selfie Show, where I am on a mission to make healthcare hip one selfie at a time from providers, brands, entrepreneurs, and even businesses. I am bringing you all of the amazing things going on here in the healthcare space. Episode number five. ED Life 101, hello bonus selfie podcast episode. Well, this isn't really a bonus episode, you guys. This is actually more of an expedited release. I wasn't going to release this episode for another month, but during this crazy COVID time, I actually really feel that this episode is going to be an awesome resource for my audience not only for some extra quarantine and chill content to consume, but also a helpful understanding of our frontline provider roles, especially in the emergency department. What a better time to release this episode than now. On this particular episode, I speak with the hosts of a new podcast called The Morning Rounds. Hosts Brody and Amanda dive into the role of the emergency department providers from a nurse and EMS emergency medical services tech perspective. We go behind the scenes of what happens in the ED, the complicated dynamics of the ED role, their ups and downs, the realness, fast-paced life. We go micro into the dynamics of the emergency department. All right, you guys, without further ado, let's get into it. Today is pretty awesome. So, this is my first podcast swap, and we have a pretty fun episode in store for you guys. Today, I have the hosts of the Morning Rounds with me, Amanda and Brody. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank Thanks you so for coming in today. Us. This has been a fun day.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> we- been more than eventful. Yeah.
1: It's amazing. We um we just actually just recorded an episode for their podcast. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about your your podcast first. What
2: what's the inspiration? Where did this come from?
0: Yeah, manic, you can start.
2: <laughs> um, so we just wanted to really create like a positive space for healthcare workers mm-hmm. that we felt was missing in the media space. Um, I know I feel that healthcare it's such a, it's such a different I guess, area to work in than other places. And I felt like we really wanted somewhere where we could all be there for each other, regardless of what floor you work on or what you do on your day to day. Uh, So that's the main thing for me. What about you, Brody?
0: No, it was, it was, it's really all about creating a positive space for the people in our industry. Um, So, you know, one of the sayings that we go by is every day you round on your patients, but do you round on yourselves? And Mm. the reason that resonates so much with me is simply for the pure fact of, we're expected to give so much empathy to our Mm -hmm. patients day in and day out and there's the growing number of people facing burnout mental Mm -hmm. health issues and stuff like that um so how do you handle it where these you know uh we talked about earlier is that negative the negative space is almost as if it's a a trend right now Mm -hmm. and so how can we correct that how can we bring more positivity back how can we help our fellow colleagues you know the term when people say nurses eat their young it's like we need to step away from that and go to encouraging the young, encouraging the current, yeah. and the and the ones that have left the industry because it's it's a family, it's a culture, it's a community. I yeah. mean, look at look at EMS, and I worked in EMS for a while, and fire departments have such a great reputation, right? And everyone loves them, mm-hmm. you know, but. Do you get that same energy from the public towards healthcare, towards mm-hmm. nurses, right. towards techs, towards radiology, and all these people? Doctors, yeah. everybody. Um, so, yeah, it's really the Morning Rounds is all about bringing positivity back to the healthcare industry mm-hmm. and creating community culture yeah. for yourself and for your your community
1: well i'm really excited so if you guys are interested um i just recorded an episode with them so if you're interested Ooh, head on oh. over to their podcast and listen to that episode and you guys will get to get a little bit more in depth about me i guess yeah I know, no yeah worry, but yeah you guys were awesome it was such a fun episode i yeah a lot of tips a lot of things that i feel like i haven't even talked about on here yet so really yeah
0: seriously um it's if you guys you need to click on that link and yeah. not for and us but surely no, for the so fact that, no, gonna, that you were phenomenal the show
1: notes for sure so if you guys are interested Super please contextual. head below because i'm really interested in that i think something that we have very similar is our goals on the topics and so this is going to be a really fun episode res- very resourceful and um so without that i want to dive in Let's do it. So I want to start with Brody. Okay. Um, part of this, what I liked about what I like is you guys are in such a different world than my my end of the world of healthcare, right? So yeah. I feel like it's interesting because I know nothing about ER, E D, it's such a different world. And so I think it'd be really fun to dive into that. And Brody. So I understand you you're an ER tech, is that correct? Correct. And Amanda, you're an ER nurse. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so I want to dive into this. So, Brody, uh, how did you get into this? Tell me a little bit about your background. What led you to this? Because um, it's so I'm so unfamiliar to me. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think a lot of people are unfamiliar with it, uh, mainly because most people that work that aren't nurses or other main roles are CNAs. Uh, so the tech role, or my specific one, is a trauma tech mm-hmm. Uh we're kind of like the jack of all trades, or the ERs, the way I like to describe it. Right. Uh, some may not agree, but it's we don't do we. Our role is different from the CNA is that we are all expected to have EMT, advanced, intermediate, or paramedic experience previously, and most hospitals require three to five years. On a 911 ambulance system, mm-hmm. because the your the whole idea of the of the trauma tech rule is to bring the pre hospital care so that when you have people, uh, you know, if they have gunshot wounds or they're in cardiac arrest, uh, you know, as soon as they come through those bay doors, you know how to ha- jump in and mm-hmm. assist and take that care of her from the handing over medic uh, or fire department role and mm-hmm. continue that so that the nurses and docs can start establishing new lines. Um, you know, so one of our big things are offloading and then setting up intubation mm-hmm. and getting those things ready so a lot of time rt isn't there mm-hmm. right away and yeah. so we essentially perform the rt role until they get there and by the time they get there majority of the time we haven't we have them intubated already we have the tube tamed we're you know bagging them um and then they're setting up the vent yeah uh, you know so if you have a long eta then the rt's there already do that stuff but otherwise mm-hmm. you have to do it
1: what's your background like how did you get into this
0: so i started so i'm 33 now uh and i started it when i was uh 18. Oh, so uh, basically. you've been doing this for a long time yeah it's, it's kind of all i know <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> and so um i got into it all because I, just, I wanted to make a difference right and and leave a footprint behind i jumped into the military for a little bit okay. um what, where then, did you serve what uh you so coast guard Oh, okay. and then got out after an injury and then um i went back in later in my mid-20s to the air force um thank you for and your service left again for the injury no thank you are you thank kidding you. me thank you it's no. um but the biggest thing was once i got my emt was working on an on a rig right away and getting that ems experience because originally i wanted to go the fire route um and so i got to I got to work on a fire department for our, while as an EMT, uh-huh. uh, did Swift Water Rescue as an EMT. Um, I got to work on helicopters while doing wildland firefighting. Uh, and so all those kind of trickled in into this role of me furthering my, you know, my education and my care for people. Yeah. But when you work in the field, your hours are a lot different. Mm-hmm. And your pay is significantly less.
1: I was just going to ask what drew you to this from that?
0: Uh, really, Honestly, when I first got into it, it was in Oregon. Uh, I was working for a great EMS company and dropping off the patients there constantly. Their ER was phenomenal. Their director was phenomenal. And they started approaching me. Hey, have you thought about working here? I was like, no, no. I'm like, I don't want to work in an ER. Like, that's mm-hmm. boring. <laughs> um, but then I learned more about it. I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. And you drop your patients off, but what the hell happens to them? Right. Right. Can I cuss? Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is open so- platform.
1: We're keeping the real tea here. Exactly. I love the real tea. Yes. just phenomenal. Yes.
0: And so, yeah, I wanted to know what happened. And it's kind of like you're, you know, I think the three of us here are all of those curious minds and, mm-hmm. you know, furthering it ourselves and bettering ourselves is that- what happens after the the ambulance, you know, where do they go? Just like, where do they go from the ER upstairs? You know? Um, and so, yeah, so I got into that, started working per diem as an ER tech. And then I just, I loved it. The money was better. The schedule was better. Yeah. And, uh, and then I went full time and I, so I swapped actually went per diem on the rig and then full time there. Nice. And then, um, and yeah, the rest of that was history.
1: Awesome. (laughs) And then Amanda, so you are an ED nurse.
2: Yes. Let's hear a little bit about you, your background, how did you get into this? Okay, they- well, my, my story is a little more boring, uh, than movies, <laughs> but um, I've been an ear nurse for six years now. I guess it'll be seven in May. That's crazy. Um, yeah. But I'm from Atlanta. I was born and grew up there. I went to school there, uh, played soccer in college there. And then I was at ear nurse there for two years in inner city Atlanta, got tons of experience, Uh, then I decided I wanted to be a travel nurse so I came to Los Angeles I did a couple of travel assignments there and then when I found a hospital I liked I just became full-time yeah yeah so just ER six years that's all I've really done but I love it so that's amazing I so
1: I love is hearing a little bit about sort of the setting because I feel like every place in the hospital is so boutique especially I feel like the ED, you mm-hmm. guys, are, it's just, a, such a different world. And I think yeah. we just don't know those of us who don't work in that area. We just don't know much about it. Right. So can you guys give us a little behind the scenes of what it's like working in an ED?
0: Yeah. I mean, have mm-hmm. you, <laughs> it's, I feel like it's just disor- disorganized organized chaos. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, it's an ICU nurse nightmare. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. And that's yeah.
0: why, and i know this will get we'll dive into this more but uh it's it really is it's a nightmare of the floor the icu everybody else because i don't know if we have gremlins or trolls running around the department but i swear to god we go we're going to transport a patient to icu now we get everything and i promise you guys we do we try to organize all the wires all the tubing <laughs> we clean the there. patient but for some reason yeah. within that five minute you know venture out of those er doors and into the elevators the trolls come through. They screw everything up. The patient shits <laughs> himself again. It's the dynamic. I don't know how it happens. Yeah, but it does. does. So I apologize. You get to us,
1: and then we're like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> yeah, oh, <man>. and the-
0: <laughs> and that's exactly what it's like. So it's just, and that's why I say it's organized disorganized chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And every, it just changes. It seriously, you mm-hmm. go from uh, zero to a thousand. It feels like, and you just have to be able to perform and pick up your feet. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't, you kind of get lost. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You have to be quick. You have to have critical thinking. It doesn't matter how busy you are. There's still people coming through that door. It almost feels like everything you do is timed. Yeah. Your job is to get people in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, because that is just the whole, that's the whole reason we're there is to stabilize and transport really. Yeah. It's Um, either
0: you, you, I mean, within the first 10 minutes and you can correct me too, but within the first 10 minutes, you're saying you're, the nurses are saying you're either going home or you're getting admitted and they're basing their initial treatments off of before the doctor has probably even seen them half the time Yeah, they already say you're going home or you're getting admitted right? and they're working off that mm-hmm. because the charge nurses and the ERs are and they're getting hammered down from you know admin and stuff like that it's this patient has to be here for so long and they have a green bed upstairs they're going upstairs in 15-20 minutes and if transport's not here you're taking them up mm-hmm. and sometimes it's with or without report You know, so it's like we don't make those decisions. It's all kind of handed down to us. And I think that's where a lot of Mm the, you know, the the disagreements come from upstairs and downstairs as well. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, Now, what was I going to (laughs) say?
1: How many patients do you get? Like, what's the workflow like for a nurse?
2: Uh, So, I mean, it's different at every hospital. I know in Atlanta on a regular day, I would have six to seven, which is crazy because you could have in STEMI in one room and a, you know, a a ROSC in another room and then you would have a broken toe in the hallway and it's just, you are taking care of all these different levels of patience and all these different acuities and you somehow have to, you have to be really good at managing your priorities and you have to have a general baseline knowledge of everything. You don't have a very specific role, you know, you have to know very little bit about a lot. Whereas if you're in, like, a CVICU, you know everything about the heart, and that's, like, all you're worried about. Yeah, it's very
1: different. I would would agree with that. I feel like a lot of the places and a lot of units are very boutique now, so I feel like that's kind of where you have to really, like, niche down, Mm -hmm. whereas you guys are almost on the opposite end of that.
0: Yeah. So It feels that way.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So talk to me a little bit about your training for each of you. Like, what are the – I mean, as far as certifications, because this is something I know zero about, right? So education and certifications, like, what are things that you guys – um, hold and things that you do on your daily. So, I, go
2: ahead. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Brody. Um, so, for me, you have to have, of course, your RN license. Um, you have to have your basic BLS, your ACLS, your PALS, because you, you're seeing every age of patient. You're not just responsible for adults, you're responsible for peds too. Yeah. Um, we have a certain trauma. Certification. Some places you have to get TNCC, um, the national certification that you were talking about earlier. We have mm-hmm. the CEN, so that's our national certification. Yeah. Um, so you need quite a bit, just because you do. You are responsible for being competent for every single age group. Yeah. And what about you, Brody? It's
1: all over the place. <laughs>
0: yeah. You, you really go from we do. I mean, we go from two week olds to yeah, hundred you know, and five year olds.
1: Right. You're triaging um, the kids that we're getting. You know.
0: And so it. Uh, so for me, I mean, mine is it's nowhere near like that. Uh, I mean, some places have gotten rid of their their original criteria, which is EMT, EMT Advanced, EMT Immediate, or Paramedic. Either of those, multiple years of experience on nine one one, and that's really your buy in to an ER. Right. And uh, but nowadays, I think a lot of hospitals are kind of getting rid of that, and they're just, I mean, if you can come in fresh, as long as you have hospital experience, any of you will they'll take you. Um, the only downside is that of that is is that your learning curve is so high that we're seeing a lot of people not make it through orientation or their six-month probation mm-hmm. just because they can't catch up. Mm-hmm. Because I think, and with any role, it's, you know, when you're on rotation, you get kicked off orientation early. But if you don't know how to set up for, um, you know, if it's chest tube or a chest crack, I mean, I've only done two. But, you know, when you set up to crack someone's chest, it's like, you the doc's not gonna wait for you yeah you know what I mean either you know how to do it or you don't if you don't get out of the room
1: did you always uh, I guess this is maybe a little bit more to Amanda because you always knew did you know you wanted to go into ED I
2: I knew I wanted to go into critical care I didn't really know whether I wanted to do ER ICU I had applied to a couple of places and um I wanted a new grad residency, so I actually got an, into an ER as a new grad, which mm-hmm. is kind of, well, it was rare. I don't know how rare it is anymore, but I actually ha- got a residency spot, and that's how I started in the ER and ended up really liking it. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, and that's, for me, it wasn't really as a, as a tech, it's really the only place for you to go. Mm-hmm. There's really, you can't really do anything in the hospital with your, with like an EMT or in that some sort of ems license right yeah if you so if you want to work in a hospital it's that's the route you're gonna go Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah that's awesome i feel like it's just such a realm of healthcare that like even the things that you're talking about right now it's so out of my realm it's interesting like it's its own boutique of the world you know
0: yeah it's i and I, i feel like that is with every floor though i mean we're just as equally different as you know icu or nicu you know, or med surge or tele, whatever it is. Yeah.
1: So something that I feel like, I mean, I don't know how it is in your realm of the world, but I feel like something that we're all really feeling right now is the pressure of healthcare. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on, I feel like the turnover rate would be, you guys, you're on such a fast pace, you know? Like, is Mm -hmm. there, does that affect you at all? Like, how do you guys feel about that?
0: It does. I mean, I think the biggest... Honestly, probably one of the number one reasons for burnout in, in ER realm yeah. is because of staffing. Honestly, I mean, so from a tech perspective, you most places desire to have two techs for the right. night shift. Um, so, And we don't get a certain amount of patients. So our our department is the whole department. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and so they would prefer to have two to kind of even that load out. But otherwise, it's one tech. And then if you're asked by you know 10 different nurses and two docs to do something you're the only person that would do it all Mm -hmm. and so and we have the same issue with you know mannequins talk about nursing Mm -hmm. is that um is is really the biggest uh, biggest relation to burnout i feel really is just staffing in most places yeah Yeah. in the er at least
2: yeah i mean it is your job to get people in and out and i think being an er nurse you know you see people come in and you kind of have to be a detective you have to figure out okay we don't know what's wrong okay, let's probably order this. Let's order that. And I, it's weird because it's different every day in the ER, but it's the same kind of tasks. Mm -hmm. You're going to put in an IV. You're going to get blood. You're going to get some sort of radiology. Um, You're going to give medications. You're going to reassess your patient. And then it's like, are they going to go home? Are they going to go upstairs? Yeah. And then guess what? You get another one. Yeah. And then guess what? You get another one and another one and another one. And that is just your Mm -hmm. whole shift. I mean, there's sometimes I, I see 20 to 25 people of the whole cycle and it just gets, that and, is so insane to me. Yeah. And I it's just, like, and all the emotions are, that come with that, people come in and, you know, everyone is in pain. Nobody knows what's going on. And then you have family members calling you on the phone. What's going on? Well, we don't know. We just got the patient. Yeah. Um, you're triaging a lot. Mm hmm. Exactly.
1: You're doing a lot of triage. And a
2: lot of tasks. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, when you're, Australia, you're I mean, I think, I mean, nurses are kind of like firefighters in the sense too, is that they're in, in RER is that you're constantly putting fires out Yeah, left and right, um, right. Because you go from, you know, somebody who just found out they're, you know, they have cancer and they may have a couple months to live out of nowhere. And then you're going to the next room and you're dealing with somebody with the stubbed toe, right? you know, and there's somebody else with flu-like symptoms. And you're having to play with your, these emotions, not only for yourself, but also on your patients now, yeah. you're having to literally change 180 degrees every single time you exit a room. Because sometimes our patients stand in the doorway mm-hmm. and look down the halls and just wait for you. And then like, hey, excuse me, you know. Yeah. And I think that it's, I don't know. And you get loaded with four patients too at Mm -hmm. the time, you know? So if you get rid of three, you're getting three brand new patients. Yeah. It's not, (laughs) it's like, here, let's just give you one and we'll give one over here. One over there. Sometimes you're the only one with rooms. (laughs) I was so far behind on the Karen thing. That charge nurse who just wants to overload you. (laughs) I like the haircut in Karen, by the way. Yeah, I know. I referenced
1: that. Thanks, Katie Duke. Love you. (laughs) Um, So something that I feel like I really enjoy is being able to provide resources and like an actual real tea moment for potential newcomers into the nurse world, tech world, CNA, you know, if you're trying to get in healthcare. So can you guys give a little picture about... What is your day like, like from start to finish? Let's go micro on this. Like, how does your day start? What's your flow Do you like? You want to go
2: first,
0: sure. Okay. Our, I mean, I feel like ours <laughs> is so simple compared to yours. I know <laughs> it's so simple. We. Um, I mean, our day is simple. Really, you want to, and this, I'll kind of I'll say it in a way that maybe helps people that are aspiring to move from EMS mm-hmm. and come into the tech world. Yeah. Um, just to create more of an outline. Uh, and also remember this if you go to interview as well, because this is just a little nugget for you. I love nuggets. Give love. Is of that when they say, What do you expect, or what do you think the day to day life um, of an ER tech is? And you say, Okay, well, when I first show up to work, I'm going to clock in. I'm going to go to the charge nurse. I'm going to say, hey, where's my section today? Mm-hmm. If it's really, really busy and there's no charge nurse there and you don't see your name on the sheet, you're going to look for the busiest thing in that department and you're going to go help out with it regardless, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because too many times people stand around and they decide to converse for 15 minutes of their shift while you have two different codes going on. Um, and I'm assuming everyone knows what a code is, a cardiac arrest. We mm-hmm. just, instead of code blue, we say code. <laughs> um, and How often
1: do you see a code? Roughly every day, yeah really you know, yeah. yeah i
0: had yesterday at my other place we had uh three codes one was a STEMI and a f- very young person for those of them listening oh don't sorry know. heart attack <laughs> yeah 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 um and then we had so three of them were codes one was a STEMI, one was an upper gi i believe STEMI is heart attack. sorry heart attack yeah um and then sorry it's st elevation myocardial infarction uh-huh. is what STEMI stands for thank you um i surprised I remembered that. It's <laughs> <laughs> job, Brody. It's funny. I He's school. That's
1: fa- I'm like, I don't remember. I know. I know.
0: I do know. Okay. We we use it's acronyms like for so You know why, though? Don't. Because
1: in pediatric world, that's not a thing.
2: That, really? Not, that not doesn't as much,
1: happen? I don't know. I feel like, well, first of all, in babies, no. Not really. That I mean, sense. it's because babies don't get babies don't have true heart attacks that's not a thing mm-hmm.
0: like can they have like tri- like for instance if you have like an N-stemuline you have like high troponin can yes you like also, there's different reasons
1: but it would be more like electrolyte based versus, got it okay. you know what I mean oh, so, okay. anyway, sorry guys that
2: right makes sense world. no that's so cool but pediatric I find that so is so
1: different than adult yeah. and so it's like our focus is so different so I right, thank you for clarifying that so no. continue what else do you guys
0: <laughs> um, is first? so after that I mean then you're gonna find out what section you are then what section you are then you want to go and check in with your nurses so typically we work with um so a nurse has four patients we typically will have like three to four nurses in our section mm-hmm. and then so our job is to help delegate tasks you know so they'll delegate them to us and then we'll delegate um to each other if we can't handle it or mm-hmm. uh, or whatnot okay. so you check with your nurses um huge thing is is if you have nothing to do freaking stock your area because the last thing you want is to have a patient come in and you need a bag of them and you have no bvm at the best side mm-hmm. which happens you know or someone who's throwing up and they're altered and you have no suction and you're like fuck you know i have no mm-hmm. suction again um <laughs> so check your area i mean it's just like checking your crash cart you always check it when you come on shift because right. you don't want it to not be working on you um so yeah after that uh, then you go around you start going to room room checking with your patients see if they need something so the, really the biggest thing for being a tech is checking critical equipment making sure that works because you're going to be the one to have to go get it mm-hmm. um, if you hear a, a heart attack or aka STEMI if you hear a stroke coming in you need to grab the boxes um so we have kits and stuff like that sometimes in some places um mm-hmm. you need to know what to do if you need to get them on pads and set them up for a cath lab and you know you need to do an ekg in 10 minutes um so getting an electrocardiogram done take a picture of the patient's heart if they have here for chest pain or shortness of breath uh so you have time frames and you kind of expected to meet those as a tech because that's your role right um support yeah exactly but and you, you really are a lot. you are a support role mm-hmm. For the department and that's the reason why i use the term jack of all trades just because you need to go from one to the other um sounds you,
1: kind of fun though
0: it is and that's you know what that's why i do really enjoy it is yeah. because like yesterday we went from having a patient cardiac cpr got pulses back you know in that i'm studying for intubation we didn't have our tea on staff that day except for upstairs on the floor and so i said for the intubation. i helped the doctor do the intubation um, you know, and it's just simple things. You're, you're determining tube size, you're inflating the tube, you're, you know, putting the pulse locks on, or, you know, your cap you're on, yeah. and you're making sure you have good, you know, end title um, or color changes. we always say. Uh, then you're bagging him, you're tubing, the, you're, taming the tube or securing it so it doesn't slip out of the airway right and then then you're like oh their pressure is 60 over 40 and you're like okay the doc's gonna want a central line so really a big big thing that i don't know if i said this already is anticipating needs of the nurses and the doctors is your freaking best friend because the nurse's job is already so stressful as it is that you really 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 want to anticipate those needs um because it's going to make their life easier and your life easier. And you're, they're all there for the same goal. And mm-hmm. your goal is patient care. Yeah. Right. Um, and to look out for each other. And so, um, so yeah. So, I mean, you know, I went from setting that up and I noticed the pressure was low, So I said, oh, they're going to want to do a central line on this person. Uh, Cause they're super pale for one and we don't know what's going on with them. So, you know, then you turn around, you set up for a central line, you sterilize everything for them and, you know, get out the ultrasound and whatnot. And then you kind of sterile drop everything on the field and then you wait. Yeah, it's cool. Know, and then you get the patient ready, you know, and then you get presentable for family. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. Just it's kind of like the day, and you just do that over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. If that makes yeah. sense.
2: Yeah. yeah. I have <laughs> like to say, Brody, like you're an amazing tech no, no. to work with. Yes you are. Yes you are.
1: I feel like you're like above and beyond. Like I would love to work with you. Yes. I could tell. Yes. Guys, make me blush. You're, awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: really don't like compliments. <laughs> no, but you <laughs> deserve it. it. You deserve it. No, oh, I think God. that's really cool
1: because I do think that's such a thing where you like take pride in what you do. You can tell. You can really take pride, and I think that's something I that, appreciate that I feel like I, you know, I really appreciate that. And other providers where you can see like they really love their craft and they just get really good at it and they become yeah. like the, you know, that's something that I'm really passionate about. I think getting really good at what you do
0: that's why like you said earlier on our on on the recording we did earlier was that really once you decide what you're gonna do really go all in yeah um, mm-hmm. because it's gonna make a world of, a world of a difference when you're
1: coming in with so much experience from outside world which i think is super cool i love how you went from like doing emt and like doing all these you know things out in the field and you're bringing it into you know the hospital setting yeah. it's awesome yeah it just changed you yeah know. and then what about the nurse role or the
2: flow Ooh. <laughs> let me hear so okay Amanda's so i guess kitty. if you want to get super micro okay come in we usually have a huddle binder okay you're expected to kind of read the updates you know what's different in protocol like you were saying there's something that's either new equipment or new protocol mm-hmm. or kind of new workflow through the er uh read through that you go out there check with charger see what your assignment is um in the er i find it really cool because. You're not just going to have like a certain number of beds. Some days I start at 3 p.m. um Our shifts are kind of staggered in the oh, ER. yeah. Okay. I yeah. was going to ask you about like, that. Like I'm one yeah. to one. You're one to one. Mm-hmm. And you're three to three. Three to three. So we stagger our shifts depending on how, you know, when is the busiest. So basically we have skeleton crew from what 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. and then skeleton crew from like, like 7 a.m. to maybe 10 o'clock when other uh, people start yeah, 10 coming in.
0: Because that's when each side opens up and you mm-hmm. get, I think we go from like eight nurses to, I don't
1: know. And I know 12, that's
0: different right? from the doors. So so yeah. You are saying
1: skeleton crew, as in you guys down,
2: or like, how, how does that work?
0: Cut staffing Got significantly. It. Yeah. So just basically, because it's our yeah. slowest hours. Of the yeah. Day. So when Quote census unquote, is low in
2: the ER, you're not going to have that many low. nurses, but everyone comes in usually starting around 10 a.m., and then it doesn't usually slow down until three or four in the morning. So they usually load up on Mm -hmm. staff during those hours. So when I come in at three o'clock, I'm either gonna lunch somebody, I'm gonna be a resource nurse, or we have something called a code nurse. Mm -hmm. Um, So if there's any kind of code, like a code sepsis, code neuro, uh, code stroke, you know, you're expected to go and basically take over that patient. Um, Or you can get assigned to an assignment. If I do get assigned an assignment, um, most of the time I just do a quick uh, eyes on the patient, Make sure that there's like, you know, at least one set of vitals, then make sure that they're stable medically. I know in trauma assessment, you have an across the room assessment. Mm-hmm. That's usually what I do first. And then a lot of it is just prioritization after that.
0: But when you first come on at three o'clock, you're getting like, if you're getting an assignment, you're typically, I would say 98% of the time, you're getting four patients within mm-hmm. like five minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. That's insane to me. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, you know, they're in the middle of their workups. They're not going to have everything done. You're not really going to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So for me as a nurse, are they alert? Are they breathing? <laughs> are their vital signs okay? I if love. not, guess what? Everything else can wait. Are you alive? <laughs> okay. I'm not even joking. When I was in Atlanta and I had seven or eight patients, like, yeah. all right, cool. You're alive. Awesome. I'm going to go peek on my next person. Yeah. All right, cool. You... I know a lot of times we get shit from the floor sorry for cussing, but do it go girl <laughs> i love
1: real tea own it girl
0: we
2: we are focused assessments very focused i don't look at somebody's skin unless they came in for a skin complaint because yeah. you know
0: that's a good point It is er only treats majority of the time what you came in for if you come in a triage and you say you know i'm here for you know elbow pain And they say okay well tell me about that then they tell you this 10 minute story and they list five other complaints we're gonna say okay but what did you come in today for what made you decide to come to the ER right this second so I want to talk about that
1: really quick so on Uh, when we were talking on my other podcast I mentioned the fact that I feel like it's important for people to understand dynamics of the hospital or like where they're going for their NICU care and or not NICU care I'm sorry but when they're going in for L&D and like understanding the dynamics of like what's accessible to you do you feel like are there different dynamics in EDs like can you explain maybe touch on that a little bit about like hospital to hospital Mm -hmm. like understanding ED (laughs) dynamics uh, maybe for people who like don't know much about EDs but are curious like things to maybe avoid I don't know like give the whole spiel give the spiel all right let's be honest the first thing you want to do when you've graduated from your healthcare provider program is shout it from the rooftops tell the world I've earned that degree license certification and then display that new role with pride at the same time it can be very nerving feeling like you need to know everything As you know, I'm over here all about the tips, the things to bring your life efficiency. That's why I am so pumped to bring you the perfect addition to your healthcare provider badge Scrub Pocket. Scrub Pocket was founded in 2009 by an emergency department nurse. Perfect fit for this episode, wouldn't you say? As you've learned, healthcare providers work in many boutique areas. Scrub Pocket has created personalized badge cards with awesome reference cards designed to help you on your crazy shifts and it's clipped neatly behind your ID badge. This company offers the most comprehensive accessories for all of your healthcare needs. From badge cards, badge reels, trauma shears, economy scissors, brain booklets, these products are great fits for all walks of healthcare professional life. From nurses, doctors, NPs, PAs, pharmacy, radiology, paramedics, EMTs, CNAs, the list goes on. The cards are waterproof, plastic, lightweight, they will not add bulk to your ID badge. Some information is beginner level, such as vital signs, but other cards are more advanced. Think EKG ruler and STEMI cards. For all of my ED providers out there, there are quite a few ED specific cards as well. They even have a set of ESI cards for you. What I love about them is I don't need to take out my iPhone. I just flip over the ID card and there's my information. So, Head over to check them out at www.scrubpocket.com forward slash Tori. Check out their amazing selection and claim one for yourself today. Thank you so much to Scrub Pocket for sponsoring this episode. All right, you guys, back to
2: the show. So as you were saying earlier, there's different level NICUs, right? So ours is actually opposite of yours. When we say we're a level one trauma, that means that you have all of the resources you have all the doctors on call you have basically everything at your disposal and then it goes level two level three which is more like a minor trauma and then level four which is i mean you have like an x-ray machine basically um and so when you do go to a hospital you know most of the time your level ones are going to be your community hospitals your larger hospitals um where you get a lot of transfer patients a lot of specialty patients um, I've worked in a couple of different ones. Level ones do typically have higher staffing levels. They do have more resources. Um, you know, it is kind of hard to figure out what level they are though, unless you really do some digging right. because a lot of patients, they just come in through the ER and they kind of assume that the resources that you have in each hospital are the same, but mm-hmm. it actually varies a lot depending on where you are.
1: When do you think is a good time for people to, to go into an ED? 6 a.m. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Like, yeah,
2: 4 to 6 o'clock. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. And um, what symptoms do you actually think are, are valid for an ED? Mm. Like, because I know what I'm getting at is navigating healthcare, right? Because there's yeah. ways to use an ED and there's ways not to use an ED.
0: Absolutely. If you
1: were talking to a patient or someone who's like, you know, what would you say is appropriate? Like, mm. yes, go to the ED
2: versus, hey, make an appointment with your provider. Yeah. Chest pain. Yeah. Uh, shortness of breath. Any kind of stroke-like symptoms, you know, weakness you know, on one side.
0: I mean, coffee grounds, a.k.a. like if mm-hmm. you, you know, if you're vomiting at blood or mm-hmm. um, or pooping out blood and stuff like that. Uh, I think that's, the, you know, we get that question. So we have a, a role called greeter as a, as a tech or a triage tech. Um, so we sit out front um, away from the triage booth where like the nurses are. Mm-hmm. And so when the patient first comes in, they get re- registered by the reg- by registration uh, we get their vitals and just kind of say, okay, what is your chief complaint? You know, what are you here for? And, uh, we'll put those vitals in and make sure that they're stable. And this is where that pre-hospital care kind of really helps. Is it you're assessing, you're not diagnosing, but you're assessing and you're gonna, I'm gonna run back to Amanda and say, yo, dude, this dude needs to get the fucking back, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm going to say, you know, okay, come grab your seat right here. Hey Amanda, you know, height, weight, vitals are in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Shit, what was I saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> but what was your... Um,
2: go, I don't even remember what I... No.
0: So, okay. Getting ta-
2: and we're
1: getting on a good tangent.
0: You have I to know, be right?
2: really good at assessing, especially when you're out front in the waiting room, because you can have a 98-year-old come in, and they'll go, oh, Brody, you know, she's just not been feeling well. She's been really fatigued. Yeah. And a lot of people just say, oh, well, she's, she's 98. She's going to be tired. Mm-hmm. But, you know, fatigue is actually one of the number one symptoms in women for heart attacks. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
2: you know, you have to really know your stuff because a lot of times you're not going to have a doctor right there to see yeah. that patient. Yep. Right. Sometimes it'll be two, three hours. They're in the waiting room.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you really
2: have to know, okay, you know, she should go back soon or, mm-hmm. you know what, they can wait a little bit to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: remember we're, you know, we, tr- we treat, and I just remember what I was going to say before, but we treat based on acuity. We don't treat because you're first come first served basis. We treat based on acuity. So if you're here for wrist pain, um, due to a mechanical fall or something like that, okay, like if you tripped and fell, you know what I mean? That's going to be, A, that's going to go to a different area of the ER. Some call them green zones, some call them fast tracks, but you're going to go to a different area. Now that area might be getting bombarded because they're doing stitch after stitch after stitch, which takes longer. So you might wait two or three hours or you might go in front of the people who are level three patients who have, you know, need an IV and fluids, um, aren't necessarily that sick, but they need to you can't give them IV and fluids in like a fast track area. Typically, you know, yeah. everything's done like oral, right?
2: Yeah. And a lot of times you won't even get a room. I know a lot of people come to the ER and they expect to get a room, but I mean, unless you are really sick, you're going to be in a hallway or sometimes you're, you're not even going to be in a bed. You're going to be in a chair. Yeah. Totally. Some
0: hospitals now are discharging from the lobby. You'll, you, you'll, you'll come into a triage booth. Doc will see in the triage booth, say, okay, go back, wait in the lobby. You're, mm-hmm. if everything's clear, you're going to get discharged from the mm-hmm. lobby, but going back, just so I want to make sure your question gets answered was that, um, when you're in triage, you're, it's, uh, you know, we can't have to be, we have to be smart about this because you can't diagnose. And if we say something about, um, mm-hmm. with your question earlier was that if we answer that in the wrong way, it's considered diagnosing mm-hmm. about what people should come into the ER for versus mm-hmm. maybe go to urgent care or something. Right. So people come in and say, oh, hey, you know, I have this, this and that going on. All I can say is, you know what, listen, you know, I'm not a doctor and a doctor can't diagnose you out here either. Doctor has to sign up for you. You have to be in the room for them to diagnose you, um, from my understanding. But yeah. we can't diagnose. So I say, then they follow up with how long's is the wait? And I say, A, we don't know that. I say, I can't tell you because everyone's based, treated based on acuity. So they're not sure. Um, and B, I said, I understand you're here for wrist pain. If it's something you feel like is an emergency and you need to be seen by an emergency care physician or doctor, then you absolutely check in. Right. Uh, but that's at your discretion. And so I always emphasize the word emergency um, because A, it might say, oh, maybe this is an emergency. And it happens. But B, it just also, also covers my ass. Yeah. You know what CYA, I mean? CYA, cover your so ass. So it's it's CYA. Everything in healthcare mm-hmm. is CYA. I know. Oh, CYA. And, and it I all depends.
2: You know, I think if you... Okay, so like I think a safe one would be like, oh, I'm having... Even a simple one. Oh, I'm having calf pain for one day. You know, part of me part of me is like, okay, well, You're did like, you hit oh, it okay. on something? Right. No. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, another part of me, the ER nurse in me goes, oh, well, she could have a DBT. Exactly. She's like, not very I'm, active. Like,
0: literally, that's where your mind and goes. So,
2: is, oh, as much DBT. as we want to say, oh, your complaint is BS, you should go to whatever, or should go to urgent care. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, I don't want to write people off. And no. then have them really have something wrong. You honestly every don't
1: know walk of life. I would say like every healthcare provider feels that way because yeah. we see every. You know what I mean? Like you're like God forbid I say something and then actually it's X, y, and z You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally feel that. Do you have a favorite kind of patient you like to triage? Is that a weird question? Just nice
2: people. Yeah, oh. honestly. <laughs>
0: yeah, nice people that answer you, that answer your questions. So mm-hmm. like when you're going through triage, triage assessment, you have 12 people checking in. Yeah. um and the nurse of the tech says what is your chief complaint i'm here for elbow pain not you know the last month history of you know what why you came here i think yeah. my number one you know, pet peeve is like people and
2: sweet. they're like it's in the computer all my meds are in the computer <laughs> and it's like look i have to verify this with you yeah. i have to verify your allergies i have to yeah. verify your medications like i'm not trying to do this i'm sorry it's an inconvenience to you But it's important.
1: I'm trying to verify that everything you're telling me is Mm -hmm. correct and make sure that I'm doing the safest thing for you. There is a rhyme
0: and a reason for why everything is so repetitive. It's like why you tell your story to five different people. And I know patients hate that. But if you're a patient or you've been a patient, you're listening to this and you're curious, it's like the reason you're saying it five different times is because your story changes every time you tell it. And someone might catch something that you didn't say earlier that just saved your life. Yeah. And if you think of it that way, it's like, okay, it's kind of worth it to tell your story over and over versus being like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I just told the last person. It's my third time. It's like, okay, well, guess what? You know, this might just, this this was your saving grace. Right. Mm -hmm. It's funny
1: because you touched on the fact that you just really enjoy someone who's nice. (laughs) I 100% agree. (laughs) It's so easy. Which is, it's so easy. And it's crazy to me because I think there's just this expectation that, you know, people have of you in healthcare, and I think something to really touch on is mm-hmm. um, kindness. Kill them with kindness, because I feel like. Love it. Ultimately as a healthcare provider, I'm really trying to help you. Mm-hmm. And I will say, there are healthcare providers out there. We all know them mm-hmm. that are not the nicest people or come off the wrong way, but for the most part, I would say a lot of us just I think just kindness really goes a long yeah, way seriously. as a patient. Yeah. And someone seeking help. You know, it I mean? goes both ways. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: It seriously does. And I get
1: it. If you're not feeling good, I understand. Like you're in pain. Yeah. That's very valid. But at the same time, it's like
2: you don't have to treat me like this mm-hmm. because you're, you know what I mean? It's like, just be mindful. Mm-hmm. Like mindfulness is good. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness of how. And I'll rate. be honest. I've had a couple of times where I've kind of went off on patients and it wasn't necessarily, I mean, it made me feel bad. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Cause it makes me feel bad internally. Like, you know, no matter what the patient's doing to me, like I'm the nurse, I am the, I don't want to say authority figure, but you know, I kind of am the authority figure in this setting. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for me to get upset, even mm-hmm. though I want to get upset, yeah. you have to be able to push that aside and separate that and not take it personally.
0: Right, and you know what? you it's you can't take it personally, mm-hmm. um, and it's very easy to because sometimes you can you you feel attacked because people will, and this is patient and coworkers. Sometimes your coworkers have a bad day and they offload their weight onto you for no reason. You're like where the did that come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. But it's the same as if a patient offloads their you know their frustrations on you, and. It's it's hard to not feel like you're being personally attacked. So that is difficult in aspect. But at the same time, it's... We... Like you're saying, you're a 30-figure, right? You're like, I feel bad for going off on a patient yeah. just because
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, f- I don't want to go off on him. Like, I just feel bad. Mm-hmm. But you kind of need to get rid of the notation of that the only, that patients are allowed to scream, cuss, swear, kick, spit, piss on yeah. towards a healthcare provider... But we can't say, "Cut your shit." Right. Like otherwise, you're getting out. What's you're getting the worst out. thing that's
1: happened to you? Have you been kicked, bitten? Oh, God, all yeah. of it. All of it. <laughs> really? I was
0: sitting in the in a booth one time, and I mean, this little difference because it was a PCU unit, which is a uh, psychiatric care unit built in our ER at my trauma hospital in Oregon when I worked in Oregon before, and uh, and this guy, these doors are locked by magnets, and door flew open somehow. And next thing I know, I was 220 pounds coming over the desk, computers flying everywhere, tackling me to the floor. And I was just like, what the hell? Next thing I know, I'm like getting hit. I'm like, okay. But, and that's where in that aspect, it's like, sorry, but you know, it's, uh, I mean, I I put a patient in the arm bar a few months ago and you know.
2: Do you cuss at your patients? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm so glad that we have text there because as a female nurse, you know, especially in the ER, you do get psych patients and you do have psych holds. Where as much as you want to maybe kick them out of the ER, you can't because they're on a psych cold. I've been told, "Oh, I'm gonna kill you. You're a fucking bitch." Yeah. yeah. You know, People find your social cow. media and send you death threats, and yeah. you just you can't take it personally. Yeah. I've had urine thrown at me. Oh, I've yeah. had feces thrown at me. Wow. Mm-hmm. And as much as you want to go off on them, like it's just for me, I'm like it's gonna make me feel bad internally. It's so, like I'm just gonna walk away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Don't. Don't argue with people. It's and, not worth it. Okay, I'm going to adjust this really quick because this happened yesterday. It Give the tea. Me <laughs> off Give just because you're all about your real tea. Um, <laughs> and so this is, this. you know, again, I I, know, I I don't want patients to feel like we're really digging at them and, and putting them down. Right. Um, but it's the reality of things, Mm -hmm. just how a patient might listen to this and might feel how, wow, they're really like letting in, letting us have it. It's like, (laughs) this is how your healthcare provider feels if you treat them this way. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: But I think it's important to shed a little light on it. I think it's really important. I think it's huge.
0: Exactly. But, and then, so this is where it gets twofold was that yesterday I'm in triage, I'm triage on patient. And we've talked, Amanda and I have talked about this before, was that you know homeless gentleman comes in complaining of chest pain chest pain you have 10 minutes to an EKG that's like you're kind of your you know your you Hallmark think golden type. hour for trauma mm-hmm. but you know for chest pain mm-hmm. and um and you live especially if you live in San Monica. you know you're like oh my god there's so many homeless people and a lot of them are rude mm-hmm. it happens oh well it is what it is at this point right yeah water right. the bridge um I'm triaging patient I can't go help him because this other hospital um does everything based on a kiosk there's no registration to greet you and stuff like that so it's kind of unfortunate Mm -hmm. so you you tap a screen you scan your id or type in your info right Mm -hmm. um he said he couldn't figure it out i said okay i'll be with him and i can't i have to finish charge my patient first okay and had two more people in front of him um so i asked a security guard to say hey can you help him sign in really quick just that's all and uh, so instead of going to the computer and saying, hey, you know, let me walk you through this, you know, me personally, I would say, OK, like, what don't you know about this? You know, instead of me just doing it for you, let's both learn. And, you know, he stood away from he stood five feet away from the guy and says, what, you don't know how to do this? And I'm like, huh? And the homeless, like, homeless guy you know, saying, no, no, no. And he's like, he's like, so you're telling me you don't know how to put your fucking name in a computer. And I looked over, I said, you step away, I will take care of it. And I was baffled because it Mm -hmm. makes me so mad that just because he's homeless, patients never been here before. You know, I looked up in computer and all that stuff. He's never been here before. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you have your regular visits that are always rude and abusive and stuff like that to healthcare staff where you're like, Listen, I'm gonna keep a ten foot guard and I'm not going to cater to you. Right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to be rude, but no, we're going to be cut and dry and yeah. you're here to be treated. That's it. Out. You're, you're done. Bye. Yeah. But the fact that this person was just totally neglectful that you don't know his background, yeah. right? Regardless if he's homeless or he walks in with a million dollars in his pocket. Yep. You don't know if he's a veteran, that he has mm-hmm. PTSD. You don't yeah. know if he was abused or raped as a child, yeah. right? I mean, he, he walks in and he's talking to himself with his hands, you know, to his face mm-hmm. like he's quivering in a corner. Yeah. And you're like everyone's human.
1: So something I think I've by now I've already released this, but I, uh,
0: and yes, sorry, could you keep on that? But I just want to say, you know, I did, I pulled this guy aside and I said, listen, if I yeah. ever see that again, I was like, as long as I'm out of here, you're yeah. not talking to anybody yeah. like that again.
1: Yeah. It's crazy that you bring that up because I opened up a lot about my brother's bipolar. Okay. And beautifully did that. Um, He, we went through hell with his situation <laughs> And mental health to me is so on the forefront. I do I do know in the NICU setting, something that we deal with quite a bit off. Oftentimes are opiate moms. We call them drug moms, but I like to see, like opiate addicted, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things. And something I always, you know, when we're talking or giving report, I think it's interesting because I've kind of shifted my mindset and the way I'm giving report yeah. and explaining mom's history because <clears throat> in the NICU, we give mom's history as a primary part of our report. Right. Okay. And mental health, you know, for me, I'm like rather than saying drug addicted mom, I'll say, you know, I'll explain the situation. And I feel like it's interesting because I've shifted my mindset because I've dealt with with mental health in such a real way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something a huge thing. Can you guys speak to maybe the mental health that you see on the daily in your EDs and how you guys handle it?
0: You want it, like a uh, mental health in terms from our, the type of mental patients we see or patients you see like, type like, how we see, and maybe like how do you with.
1: how do you handle it? I mean, what do you guys do?
0: I mean, it's the ER, right? We see I mean, every single type of behavior mm-hmm. you know possible. Yeah, um, I don't know. Which
2: I feel like we oftentimes see people at their lowest and at their worst, and I think it's really mm-hmm. necessary to keep that in mind. I always try. Like, mm-hmm. if I see a, a young woman come in, I always try to, like, imagine that that's my sister. Yeah. And I know that, like, a lot of times as healthcare professionals, it's easy to be like, oh, she's back again. She's, like, you know, this a person. Flyer. Yeah, she's always, you know, blah, 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 and all <laughs> this stuff term. about her. Um, But, mm-hmm. you know, like Brody said, you really have no idea what's going on. And it it doesn't take, just be nice. It doesn't mm-hmm. take much. They'll probably tell you their story. And more than likely, like, there's a reason. I won't forget, I had this uh, this male patient. He was probably, like, in his 40s uh like had a psychotic break like totally wasn't yeah. talking at all like wasn't responding we gave him medication we found out he was off his meds for three days because he had gotten kicked out of some sort of rehab mm-hmm. and he was really depressed about it was and living you on the know streets this at first,
0: right probably no
2: no and then after his it was like a total yeah. 180 was just like totally thankful was the nicest person and i'm like
0: you and just... now there are people people that probably judge mm-hmm. that person because he was you know bipolar and being an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I could have I could have been that bad. nurse that's like oh
2: my god yeah you know whatever like treat them like a piece of trash because he's like you know having a psychotic break. It's no like it's they're crazy people. to me
1: too because that bipolar person you're referring to is like it's funny because I'm like that was my brother. I'm like yeah. my brother was a guy who was a an a- absolute asshole to you know the police officer and banging his head and doing all these things yeah. and off his meds and I'm like. I was that family member that would have had to be you know what I mean and so it's crazy to me to feel like shifting that talk and being like look guys like mental health is a real thing you don't know what people go through and I would say as a, you really don't understand what it's like until you go through it personally Mm -hmm, and I think mm -hmm. that's been a big thing for me is like you know i had moments where i my brother ended up in the ed or in trauma one situations yeah. several Aww. times so i'm like i i understand that and i feel like yeah. from your guys' perspective i could only imagine the amount of things you're you're seeing and so it's crazy because I'm thankful for people like you who really see it that way and really do care about the patients regardless of the situation. And I know so many other family members do as well.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's why, you know, that, and that's why when it comes to, you know, a nurse having four patients and you know what, one of them, there's a good chance that one of them is a psych patient and that nurse just had to deal with that whole situation um, and they could have been verbally, you know, or physically assaulted by that patient. Mm-hmm. And now they're the charge nurse is like, you know, hey, can you go take bed three upstairs now? They yeah. have been waiting for 30 minutes for their bed. And they the nurse gave a shitty report, maybe. Right. Right. Um, and it's like okay but you don't know why they're giving a shitty report you don't know what they're dealing with down there right just okay. like we don't you know the nurse not, not know what's what they're they might be a full ICU unit and their second patient is fucking overloaded and it's totally kicking their butt but it's the things you don't have control over you yeah. know so we have a little more empathy towards our coworkers and our peers and that's one of the biggest things that's really one of the largest mm-hmm. things of like the morning rounds is like and I know this too Is just yeah. it's just like Having empathy towards your peers yeah. is and not just your patient is so yes. fucking important. I
1: was just having this conversation with a nurse the other day. Uh, this is being a critical care float mm-hmm. now and going through so many units has given me such perspective for real on I other units. It. And you know, there's times where I'm like, Well, why was this IV so shitty? Why was this like that? And I'm like, oh my God, why wasn't I thinking like that nurse had six other patients and was doing this or this and this or, you know, oh, it's okay. They didn't get to that. I will do this. Like I, you know, it's my patient now. It's my responsibility. Like I just think having a little compassion for each other is huge. It's big. Like think outside the box. It seriously goes a
0: long way, right? And it's just, it's so simple that you wouldn't think about it. Mm -hmm. But it's the simplest freaking answer that that we have. And it's the best answer in my opinion.
2: It's the little things. I know um, the hospital we work at, we have this whole calling report policy oh you're supposed to call report and if the nurse isn't available you have to talk to the charge and if the charge is not available you're supposed to write it on this clipboard and i'm like i'm just like you know i'm not gonna do that <laughs> because yeah. you know oh, they're no. like us they're busy upstairs i call them if they say they need five minutes like sure yeah. i'm gonna That's give what you what five I, minutes yes. same you know I give
0: them five minutes and if and if you don't call back in five minutes then and, and you were upstairs and mm-hmm. called down and say, hey, like, I didn't hear from you. you because know, I, yeah, blah, I appreciate, blah, blah.
2: appreciate the nurses that are like, oh, you know what? That's okay that you didn't do that. I get it. it's crazy down there. Yeah. And so, you know, what? I want to be the same way to the nurses that I'm giving report to. You know what? I know you're super busy right now. I'm going to give you five minutes to get your Ducks together and I'll call you back.
1: totally. Go get a drink of water, pee, and Mm -hmm. then get me. Because I do think that's – it's interesting. And I think also for people who are not in the healthcare space to understand, like, there's so many working dynamics Mm -hmm. in what we're doing every day in the hospital setting. It's, like, it's so complex. There's so many people involved. There's so many things that have to happen to make things happen. And I think just being patient with people – is a big part of it and we need to get back seriously. to that a little bit we do
0: and we uh, we really really do yeah I think be patient with people be patient have that compassion yeah and especially for deep your breaths peers. you know breaths. Huh?
1: deep breaths
0: seriously man yeah just just breathe just breathe, just breathe.
1: i i'm curious and- because okay so um here in la we had this huge epidemic of of birds <laughs> the scooters Oh
0: yeah. We're in Santa Monica, so yep. <laughs> um we, uh, I
1: wanna go through a couple uh,
2: of things. What are the things that you guys see the most? Chin lacks. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually it's so funny you mentioned the bird scooters. Um we I know when we triage people there's different categories we had to make a whole new category that said scooter accident and i know <laughs> we, we done, were actually so trending the um we were trending we were trending on Twitter the amount of people
0: incidences. no
2: yeah <laughs> i heard they were like oh we're gonna see how many people uh yeah. check in for bird scooters and we're gonna do it all around the hospitals in santa monica yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and anyone riding a bird scooter if you are drinking and riding it yes yep. it is a DUI yes your license does get suspended yes. oh yep I didn't know that
1: yeah that's so funny poor
0: person ran into a pole thought <gasps> he was doing the right thing driving a not driving his car hit a pole nobody around except for one person across the street saw it called 911 because the dude hit a pole on the scooter going pretty fast he had a little concussion um but guess what shows up in majority of things in Santa Monica is it yeah and got to the ER and guess what happened? Oh, no. it yep. happens. It happens, yep. Totally what do they consider? The is, right a DU, to...
1: what is it a scooter while driving? What is it? A... I, you know what? It should be a <laughs> like... like
0: scooter under the influence, like an SUI. But, yep, I mean, nope. It's just a straight up DUI. Do it's you
2: guys... the same if you're riding a bike, too, huh?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Do you guys
1: have, um, can you go by season by season of the things you see in your EDs? Like, something you see specifically. Because I know, I'm thinking in my head, like...
0: What are you thinking? Like, bikinis and board shorts this summer <laughs> with, like... <laughs> no, and, you know, okay. No, so, yes. actually, it, what I but mean... But it is, though. We get, like, in the summer, you get, especially in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. you get... People in their bikinis and their board shorts coming in because they stepped on stingrays. Yeah. Oh like my God. and it's very common in the summer, right? Yeah. Um a lot of you get your heat strokes and that kind of stuff. Yeah, in that's the winter I'm... you get hypothermic homeless people a lot of the time. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, a you're talking flu in, the, in exactly. the winter, of course. Oh my God. Yeah, um... flu in winter, spring, which I wanna say, and probably Jinx and everyone listening to this in the future is gonna find out where I live and, you know, threaten me. But <laughs> it's a second actually pretty decent year of flu. In my I honestly feel like it, this last year wasn't that bad this year wasn't that bad compared to three and four years ago I feel like we're really? getting
2: it late like I, are I was to... expecting to hold in the ER that's okay oh sorry <laughs> no
1: I was gonna say the same thing I'm, I think it came late yeah because so. we
2: we're just now starting to hold beds in the ER for admitted patients and I mean it's February I was expecting this to happen back in like November December so I, that's true this is last maybe
1: because like it's my too, first season uh, working more in the hospital setting out of the NICU mm-hmm. I feel like this year has been in the pediatric world has been absolutely insane. The peds, everyone's influenza A, Mm -hmm. RSV, influenza B. Like I think we went through wave one of flu, and now we're in wave two of flu, (laughs) and it's just, you know, I think this year has been nuts. We are busy the children's hospitals right now. I mean, by the time this airs, it probably it will definitely not be. But it's interesting because, uh, flu season was it nineteen twenty was nuts, but. I'm, yeah, season wise, you guys tend to see things like uh, you know, yeah, definitely I would say more say, yeah. like
2: warmer weather. You're gonna see more like but bo- broken bones, more scrapes, mm-hmm. um, more like scooter accidents, uh, more like drownings. Um, colder weather is more like infections, hypothermia, mm-hmm. um, more snowboarding accidents, which is weird we actually have people they're like oh yeah i drove from mammoth and then I, i'm i like what yeah, yeah. He had a guy who
0: broke his femur in two places or no sorry his hip in two places he drove from mammoth. yeah i had a guy that oh, broke his
2: his three vertebrae and he had driven oh. from oh mammoth. i remember that one guy like missed... i had to get
0: him out of the car oh god he i felt tall. so bad for him oh, my god. i have an adrenal hernia felt too, so, so bad for like...
2: him and then his friends <laughs> he had to use the walker to go and then his friends are like videotaping him and laughing. <laughs>
1: Oh my.
2: Yeah, like, y'all great. are mean.
1: Y'all are mean, mean, mean. <laughs> like,
0: this no, is no, why no. I don't have friends anymore because you right? do that kind of shit. <laughs> I love that.
1: Do you guys have any um thoughts of like, if someone's trying to get into the ED or interested in this line of work, working there, whether it's like as a tech or as a nurse, any tips or like tangible little nuggets they can take away
2: to get start working in that line of work or you have thoughts on that?
0: What do you think from the nurse's perspective?
2: Yeah. Um, So I think, I mean, you, we can teach you things. You do not have to be like the smartest, but you, you have to have the right attitude. You have to Mm -hmm. be quick on your feet. You have to be a team player. Um, you have to have the initiative to want to learn more. You can't be a know-it-all. That's like Mm -hmm. my number one pet peeve as well. When I get nursing students, we're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's like, no,
1: (laughs) no, no. Um,
2: (laughs) So I think that's the main thing. As long as you have the right attitude and as long as you have, you know, the right work ethic. Yeah. Um. For sure. I mean, yeah, we, we always need help. We always are short. So. <laughs> yeah. I think that's every ED. Yeah.
0: But it's fun. I mean, it we're really
2: long. like a family. Yeah. Really.
0: Yeah. I think if you bring the right attitude, that's it honestly makes right attitude, willingness to learn. Um, yeah. Is honestly the biggest thing, even if it's a stepping stone, because a lot of techs that come in are wanting to be firefighters. Um, but they take the job because it's better work schedule, better pay. Yeah. Um, but don't just get the job, show up, and then not fulfill your role or be part of the team because yeah. I engage. see that happen so often. Okay, and I was one of those people. I wanted to too, but listen, I'm there and I'm going to work. I'm going to do what needs to be done. Um, but yeah, willingness to work and the right attitude. And really the biggest tips is just – probably research if you don't have experience research the hell out of the role um or walk go to er and ask to talk to a tech if they have any and -hmm. get their perspective and network biggest thing you can do is network
1: Mm -hmm. favorite favorite part least favorite part of the job
0: working with amanda <laughs> Working with Brody. No. That oh, was Nicole. the worst part. So now the best part. <laughs> there you go. Um you can tell we're basically family. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh my probably my best part, honestly, is just the dynamics of it all. Um I really like when it's just not gone to shit in the whole place, but really like gone to <laughs> shit in my area. Yeah. Because I like having to run back and forth like one of my favorite favorite all-time experiences and i i i know it sounds morbid but you know we had um you know we had a trauma with three pediatrics that came in they got hit by a slogging truck in oregon um and it's and i've had that happen multiple times mm-hmm. and it was you get all three mci incidences or mass casualty incidents, where you are getting multiple people at one time and it's like everyone can need something so much stuff has to get done, and you have so many people to stabilize and and help fix, especially when all of them have you know messed up airways and broken bones and this, this and that. And you're like, right? It's just that chaos factor. And I think if you want to be a tech in the ER, you have to really, really kind of want that mm-hmm. aspect of things because that's where you're going to learn the most, and right. that's when you're really going to shine as a tech. You know what I mean? You get people notice the things when you go are like, oh, you know, do you want me to go help you clean your patient? Yeah, you know people will notice those oh, yeah. things but if you really want to make a difference know how to work under pressure and just jump in and do know how to assess patients and read them from the like a you know pre-hospital standpoint yeah so and then i don't know i don't what worst do you- part honestly worst part negative co-workers
1: ah uh, yeah hundred percent
0: I can't, yes. if I ask you how your day's doing, mm-hmm. I get you're busy. I get, you just got four new patients or I get, you know, the nurses are hounding on you, but listen, that's mentality. Yeah. That's not real life.
1: I mean, I'm sure I know I've had moments where I'm like, not my best. Sure. No we ways. all have days. We all have shifts and where you're overloaded and overwhelmed and you're just like, but I do agree with you. I think there's, but there's the certain people.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and it's that, the same things, the same people.
1: Yeah, that just, just carry that negativity. Yeah. I'm like, there's zero reason why you, if you are not happy in your job, change it. Mm-hmm. Right? We were talking about this on on your interview. On like, I I feel like there are far too many things in this healthcare world for you to do to be miserable at your job or not happy or mm-hmm. a, a participating member of your unit or engage. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it.
2: I don't get it. Absolutely. You know, yesterday uh, it was funny because we were so busy. We had, we almost all of our beds were holding patients. So I, uh, I had to see patients in the waiting room. I had four lounge chairs in the waiting room and I had never done that before. And I thought, okay, so I could either be mad and complain about it or I can be positive. And you know what? I'm like, I've never done this before, but I'm going to be a better nurse now because now that I've done this, I know how to work on my feet. I know how to work quicker. Yeah, and I think I was like wow they chose me to be out there in the waiting room because they know that I'm capable of my own and I thought that was like mm-hmm. a compliment
1: you know it's funny I had a similar situation mm-hmm. at a NICU it was a community hospital
2: Uh,
1: you know it wasn't NICU it was actually a peds unit and they were overflow this was last year RSVC this was me two years ago mm-hmm. actually now and they were overflow and we had to operate in a completely different wing and uh, where you're it was essentially like I was kind of operating by myself with three patients off of the unit separate and you know grabbing supplies doing all these things trying to figure out you know charting this is not transferring getting meds doing all these things and I was it was a big pain in my butt but I honestly did I was like you know what I'm just gonna figure this out and I Mm -hmm. feel like it's funny because I I found myself becoming Much more of a resource because of those shifts, and like now all of a sudden I know where to get X, Y, and Z because of Mm -hmm. that experience, or I know how to do this charting, or I know how to do this because of, you know, it's just interesting. Like you grow in those moments, and I think to embrace it, take a deep breath, embrace it, and just run with it. Absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. You know, those those are the best situations though. Yeah. You know, when you actually get to learn and all that stuff, and you think it's going to be a shitty situation. Yeah. And it's totally new. But it's it makes you that much better of a person, and yeah, of a nurse of a or a care tech. provider. Yeah. Amanda, what's exactly. your least care favorite.
2: Yeah, um, least favorite best part. My least. Okay, so I know earlier and we were like kind of talking about the nightmare patients, but I want to say we do get a lot of really really amazing patients. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite part of the job is just genuinely helping people and actually helping people who are like just so happy to have health care Uh, that's just amazing to me. I mean, I want to say 80% of what we see in the ER is, isn't really a cue, you know, it's nothing really dangerous, but it makes up the 20% that I really feel like I make a difference. It just totally makes up for it. Um, and then the worst part, honestly, you know, I kind of want to say, I don't want to say the direction healthcare is going in, but I don't really like how some management has placed more importance on like customer satisfaction, especially in the ER. Sometimes I feel like I'm more of a yeah. waitress than a nurse. Yes. And I feel like I
1: think we all feel that way. Yeah. And Everywhere. so I kind
2: of just wish we could get back to what's really important get back to are our patients taken care of? Are our patients healthy? Yeah. So
1: I feel very strongly about that as well. I think so for dynamics of people that are listening to this the way that hospitals are getting reimbursed now is very much based on patient satisfaction. Yeah. And it's really hard because I think that the the factors... You know, everyone remembers the negative. And it's interesting because that affects... A, us in a very big way. It can actually affect our our raises. It can affect everything. And I think you don't. I think why I like platforming this is because people do need to understand the dynamics of what's going on and get the real understanding of the the realness behind our roles. And it is. It's a very like H cap scores. Everyone's chasing those H cap scores. And for those of you listening, like the the bane of our existence, like yeah. as a healthcare provider, because you feel like you're catering to people. In a way that I don't think it's helping you ultimately. Like, it's not ultimately helping you. I Mm -hmm. think it's like, I, yes, do I want to be able to give you resources and educate and do all these things? But it's becoming, like you said, much more of a waitress position versus I'm actually here to get to provide you care Mm -hmm. and good health care. Like, I can't focus on that anymore. Instead, I have to focus on the charting. I have to focus on am I appeasing you? And Mm. rather than giving you like, real things and real and being able to focus on those things mm-hmm. we're having as healthcare but we're stretched very thin.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think people that's a very big real dynamic of healthcare is we're stretched so thin. It's a business, right? Yeah. We were talking about this earlier. It's a, it is a business and I get it. Organizations have to make money you know and you guys are, healthcare people pay good money for healthcare and they want good results but at the same time i think we do need to get back to a little bit of what are we doing in healthcare like mm-hmm. what what value what are we trying to keep people healthy trying to keep people give them resources like mm-hmm. be, can we get back to that a little bit i would agree yep. with you yeah. it's a really
0: good healthcare doesn't mean that your whiteboards filled out correctly every time yeah. it doesn't mean that <laughs> i stood at the oh foot of God. your bed and catered to every single need Ugh. of every second of every minute that you were there yeah good health care is hey guess what i'm sick you fixed me awesome i get to live another like, day. thank you
1: yeah. and i get to, yeah and i yeah. mean
0: i don't know what else you want what else people want Well, it's your life, right? Like,
1: if you want to be healthier, ultimately... Okay, there's a place for hospital. There's a time and a place for hospital, especially when you're sick and when you are... That Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But there's a little bit of this, like, the yeah, I would agree with you You very much. I think we're all feeling that in healthcare a little Mm -hmm. bit of, like, you know, I think in order for people to really, um, uh, I think, understanding the dynamics of what's going on and, you know, we're all short-staffed. We're all feeling it in that way. Like, it's like... Uh, sometimes there's shifts where I'm like my head is just above water
0: (laughs) yeah I think the only thing makes that hard and seriously correct me if I'm wrong but what makes that aspect hard of like burnout and short staffing is that you still have the same patients regardless so it doesn't matter yeah you're probably gonna see more patients if you turn them over faster that day but you still only have four patients Mm -hmm. right so who cares at that point but mm-hmm. the problem is is that administration expects you to perform even better mm-hmm. short-staffed and works you even harder and they still want you don't pay they still want people in the lobby to wait two hours four hours versus saying you know what sorry you're gonna have to wait six seven hours today to be seen because we're not gonna freaking kill our staff like yeah that's where the short staffing comes in to be yeah. a problem it's not listen Short staff. I can't help that. So if I go into work, I'm going to be like, like you know, how many short time, There's so many times, and you know, we have one tech and we're supposed to have two. And I'm like, I don't care. Like I don't look at my schedule. I know when I work, that's it. I don't care who I work with. But the problem is, is that when you show up and they're like, hey, you're going to have to do fucking 200 more things. It's mm-hmm. like you know, in the same amount with the same amount of resources, It's like, yeah, that makes things difficult. Like let people wait. What are some <laughs> things you guys
1: want to
2: myth bust about the ed? That we're lazy and we don't know our patients. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Mic drop. Whoa. I <laughs> mean, These are really nice mics. So I'm not dropping. It, I, <laughs> have a, I
2: have a mole. My sister's an ICU nurse. So uh-huh. me and her have tons of discussions about this. No, I just. How you If you p- get m- a bad report from somebody. Like, for instance, I took over for an assignment at 10 p.m. last night. And two, two of the patients had beds already. But the nurses weren't ready so I was like, okay. The nurse before me was like, I'm either going to give you a report or I'm going to have the next nurse give you a report, but she doesn't really know the patients. And they're like, that's fine. Just have the next it. I call and they're asking me all these questions. I'm like, look, I've, I've literally had the patients for five minutes. Like I'm going to read the chart to you. It's just how it is in the ER. There's so many, so much turnover. I'm going to tell you what's yeah. important. I'm going to tell you what we found and generally what the plan of care is. But I didn't look at their their bottom. Sorry. I don't know yeah, what they have like. like that's and, not my do- yeah, that's yeah. not what
1: they came in for. And it's just, yeah. exactly. And it's I just
0: remembering that we treat what they're here for. We don't do the mm-hmm. big picture of everything.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really great thing. I think, you know. especially for all of us that are in the other parts yeah. of the hospital again, to understand that dynamic.
0: Nurses, I mean, you're, I'm sure you're trained in school to do a skin assessment a lot of stuff. But your mentality and how you work changes significantly. Even for a tech coming from an ambulance to, to the ER, it's like your what you do changes significantly depending on what specialty you're in now. Yeah. So you're going to lose a lot of the things you learned in school or that maybe you did in your last specialty and you're going to gain a bunch of new tricks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you treat what they're based on, but you're not going to be like, okay, they're here. Let me do a head-to-toe skin assessment. But guess what? On the floor, that is part of getting every new patient is doing that. Right. You know? And so it's like, but we don't expect another department or specialty to do things that we do down there and you know most know what I mean? yeah i mean
2: most nurses yeah. are un, you know they understand yeah. that oh, i yeah. say it's very rare that i i get somebody that gives me problems no. but
0: or maybe they're having
1: a bad day we're open-minded yes. yeah. here right exactly yeah. it's okay. very fluid. so obviously ed is a very stressful job what do you guys do to unwind what are your hobbies like what do you guys do on your
2: days mm-hmm. off what does that look like
0: I don't know what do I do I work a lot
2: <laughs> yeah I know, I know. <laughs> we both have two jobs mm. Um, I have a dog I have a husky so I take her to the mm. dog beach and my one of my other passions is traveling for sure I always um try to give myself at least like one international trip a year and then like two smaller trips I also go home a lot to see my family oh, um, so that's really nice that's usually what I do to kind of recharge and what about you
1: Mm.
0: I think I just, I don't know.
1: You're married and, or boyfriend, girlfriends. <laughs> married. Married. I'm married, yeah. Brody's a robot.
0: Brody's a- <laughs> 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 He just works all the time.
1: I mean, that's cool because that means you're really good at what you do.
0: No, it's just, it's, uh, honestly, when I rewind, it's just, I sometimes just either like to go on a hike or work out um, or just out with the misses at home. Like sometimes I just don't I just want to sit around and not do anything. Yeah, un- you know I mean?
1: Well, now you're a podcaster so you can't do that anymore. I know.
0: <laughs> well, and that's why, you know, I went from working 5, 6, 12-hour shifts a week and doing a bunch of extracurriculars and going back to school to now I'm, you know, like okay, I'm only doing 3 and 4 because, you know, our podcast is it's just it's demanding in yeah. a great way. You're taking it seriously. Exactly. And it's we have such a so much positive feedback from it already that it's I think this
1: community is the podcast immunity is amazing. Dude, they're
0: so supportive.
1: It's so cool. Like I the immediate moment when you I think you DM'd me, Brody, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You were like, hey, like can we for initially you just reached out to me and yeah. I was like... Sent
0: you like a novel. Oh
1: my god I was like <laughs> can we do this you know a swap because I think that would be so much fun yeah. yep. and I was like oh my god I want to learn about your dynamics and the ED. It was a perfect opportunity. Yeah. yeah I just think it's such a cool space yep. so and yeah. that's it was
0: I think it was such a good opportunity because it was like we want to cover all the different specialties in healthcare so people can learn about them Yeah, to, and that's part of when we say break the mold is that um, is because people aren't aware of everyone's specialty yeah and so yeah yeah, how do we do it so we want to interview everyone yeah Yeah,
1: and i think just having like i I would agree because it's funny because i think there's a miss there's a little bit of a misconception when you're a nurse or when you're in this that you are aware of all of the things out there and I think it's really and one of the number one questions I get is as a NICU nurse you know when you become a NICU nurse do you lose all your skills and I'm like yes (laughs) because you can't do everything like and we don't know about I don't know everything about ED I don't know everything about oncology I don't know everything and so I think it's really cool to like have this platform to talk about this openly and like the dynamics I mean I just learned a lot from you guys today about oh yeah like I wouldn't have even thought of that or you know you guys deal with a lot of things that we don't actually see in the hospital setting and mm-hmm. so it's really cool to have that as an outlet
0: yeah and that's I don't know I, I, I just think it's a a guest space yeah. honestly yeah.
2: <laughs> we're all on the same team
0: yeah yeah ultimately all here for it, the
1: patient right it's about the patients And i think mm-hmm. i don't know happy provider happy patients you know what i mean i know like i don't know i'm just a big believer in bringing your best self as much as you can mm. and i know we all have our days like i get it we all have our shifts that are fucking shit And just, oh, I get it. You know, we have those days. You know, anyone has those days. But I think just having that overall, like, respect for, I don't know, one another and bringing it back to, like, we're in the business of healing humans. And, yeah, I think that's really important.
0: It's it's seriously the best business to be in. Yeah, Yeah, it is. I love what I do. You're always learning. I love the people I work with. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know what I mean? mean, And now we're in
1: this world, like, in this time of, like, there's so many things going on people mm-hmm. are podcasting people are yeah. social media yep. there's presence a there's we're educating we're bringing it you know i think it's really cool we're in this yeah. new space so yeah. before you guys head out um i really want to know do you guys have a resource a podcast a netflix or something that you would like to or a little nugget to give our audience before you head out
2: hmm.
0: That's a good one. I mean, what was it? Anything? The, uh, the selfie podcast show. recently <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a really great resource. Plug. Yeah, you should definitely, plug. definitely <laughs> tune into that one. It's, yeah. Um, podcast wise, seriously though, actually, just because I'm all about empathy and kindness, is seriously Gary, Vayner- Gary Vaynerchuk or the Gary V show. Gary V. Yeah, Gary v, I I mean, Gary V. Weekly he's or whatever. It's just you'd I have to be living
1: under a rock to. Yeah, he's amazing.
0: If you want to feel like your life is in a rut and you want change and you don't know how he's a seriously the best resources and you know and he's uh, you know an immigrant from the Soviet Union him and his family so they came here from nothing mm-hmm. and turned so many things from yeah. you know, liquid to gold kind of thing I guess you could yeah, say yeah everything he touches exactly and out, it's yeah. just like just because you're in a bad place doesn't mean you can't get to a good one Right, and and also you know what I mean nobody ever knows this and when I'm kind of sympathetic to certain things is shit I was homeless twice in my life you know what Ooh. I mean? And so it's like, and I feel people feel for people. And it's like, I get it. Like yeah. everyone has a background, you know, and I don't talk about mine ever, especially on like social media, just because yeah, that's like that vulnerable state.
1: Yeah. You know what I
0: mean? It's like, eh, like, am I there? Do I want to, do I care? Um, and for me, I just don't care. Past of the past. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Can I talk tap into that a little Shoot, bit yeah, go ahead. what was the situation
0: um so the the first time was with family dynamics um uh you know dad's an alcoholic mm-hmm. drug addict kind of thing yeah um there was family abuse in there and stuff like that and yeah. you know just when it happens when the cops you know kick yeah. down your door and mm, that kind of stuff and you know we got in a fight and SWAT team came and all this stuff and um yeah and uh And so there was that whole thing and so we basically uh court ordered separation more so for the safety of kids um you know and so for the last time the long after seeing my dad the longest time between that was me throwing him through a wall like at the age of like was it 14 Wow. and I was like and so for the longest time the next time I saw him he was in jail with short hair missing a tooth you know what I mean and now he's great he's super sober and all that stuff loving to death Mm -hmm. and this is where I believe that regardless of how bad your past is I'm not I get bad things happen and being a victim, but I don't believe in, and this is just, this is probably super inconsiderate of me, but I don't believe in really playing the victim role because-
1: we have, you will love- It's- (laughs) We have two episodes that are literally (laughs) highlighting that exact- topic so yeah. yeah
0: well i think my brother is th-
1: being one case I think really he, he talks about that
0: and every everyone faces that and so it's hard to be you know it's hard for these certain situations and that's why it's like i i, I get it mm-hmm. you know in the second time uh you know when i was 16 i accidentally definitely accidentally don't worry because my mom hears this she'll kill me but it was accidentally i got emancipated and we didn't find out till i was 20 because she found the emancipation paperwork and somehow we both signed it from my school so i left uh we 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 had nothing we were living out of a garage um and hotel room to hotel room and then out of our car when they got separated um and my mom lost her jobs and this this, and that and so we ended up just taking both the cars that we hadn't lived out of and moving to florida and we moved to florida where she was from because her dad also had cancer at the time so we were taking care of him Mm -hmm. uh didn't want to finish high school there so I worked during a uh, couple of the hurricanes during the summer to do hurricane cleanup and mm. my grandfather bought me one way ticket back mm. came back to LA and uh and uh, lived with a friend for a little bit I uh, lived out of my truck um I used to go sleep out at Leo Creo State Beach and wow. which you're from California so you probably know yep um you know my during husband, high school
1: uh surfs there really <laughs> yeah so See, there. I love it. Yeah. So,
0: you know, graduate high school. And that's what I think in between that time, just just after that um, was the second time, actually. And um, and so it's just different. Good for you. You know what I mean? And I don't so know. It's like,
1: I just really respect people who come out of something like that. Yeah. you know, that's I don't view it really, as a bad really... thing. That's why
0: I don't... T- I think that's why I don't talk about it. Yeah. Because I don't want people to feel bad for me because I don't feel bad for myself.
1: No, I think that's really cool. I actually think it's cool that you share it. Thank you, you know? for sharing that because that's a... I don't know. I just really... Love that kind of coming pulling yourself out of that kind of thing, so it's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, anyone can sharing, do it for... seriously.
2: Well, thank you guys. Do you have any resources, I mean, or anything? Um, I don't know. I think from one of the podcasts I love recently, his name is Ed Mylett Oh, I love, I Ed love his podcast, he has a Ugh. bunch of different people on, but I just think everyone is inspiring in their own way. Um, but as far as like a nursing resource, I would say definitely get to know, um, if you want to do emergency, get into the ENA. Okay. They always have tons of classes. And What's the it's Emergency Nurses Association. Association. Okay. Um, they always have a bunch of training, a bunch of classes. Um, so that's more of the educational, but in my life. I love that. Just, yeah, <laughs> I feel like
1: I vibe on that a lot of that right now. I love it. That's awesome. Just so positive. <laughs> well, thank you both for being here so much. This day has been amazing. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Awesome. This has been so we really much fun. really appreciate your time. Thank and- you. Right. It, was, it was a blast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, next time, guys. Thanks. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. I truly value your time and look forward to bringing you more selfie shows. In order to support the show, please head over to rate and review the show. Let me know what you think. I really want to hear from you. Please be sure to follow us on Insta at C-E-L-L-F-I-E podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can find all of our episodes on www.tipsfromtori.com. And be sure to check out those show notes below. Uh, There's a lot of information down there about our guests and sponsors and thank you so much for listening catch you guys next time